thing that we love writing about more than anything else is is the ability to tell these long form stories over decades of these people and and having the audience be able to come along and have experienced a moment that happened in a character 30 years ago and then seeing how he's still struggling with those those things it's really a, a unique show this is sci-fi talk the podcast on how sci-fi fantasy horror and comics help us explore humanity and i'm tony Tolado. In this episode, we dive into the world of For All Mankind as it begins season four. Exploring the captivating storytelling and behind the scenes, I chat with the show's creators, Ronald D. Moore, Matt Wolpert, Meryl Davis, Ben Nadivi, and along with talented costume designer Esther Marquis, production designer Seth Reed, and space consultant Garrett Reisman. From the evolution of the Martian-based society to the challenges of filming in a foreign country, even designing Martian clothing and maintaining scientific accuracy, this episode takes us on a journey through the challenges of creating an immersive and engaging sci-fi experience. And we'll get started in just a moment. And here are Ronald D. Moore and Merrill Davis, co-executive producers. Ron, one of the things I liked about this season so far is the upstairs, downstairs angle. We talk about doing that, and why did you all feel that was important to include that into the series? Uh, we thought it was a really interesting aspect of, you know, what would really happen as you started to expand, uh, you know, the Martian base, you know, that not everyone up there was there just as an astronaut, you know, that you start bringing up more civilians and that they would have come up for, for different reasons. And for some of them, it's just a job and a way to, to sort of, you know, make money for their families. And it was interesting to then put those people together and see what the, the, the conflicts would be between the miners and the astronauts and the, the, the sort of social interaction between the two of them and, you know, realizing how different people are paid and, you know, how money was, was starting to, to come into the, to, into, uh, uh, into space, you know, in a real way. Um, and it felt like it was about things that were happening today. Cause you know, now we have several private space companies that are entering into, in, in, in into this world and well, how are they going to interact with each other? And once we start doing things like having bases, how is that all going to, going to work? And it just felt like a really interesting story to tell. And Ms. Davis, this season was actually ambitious because you actually shot in a foreign country as well. Talk about co coordinating all of that uh, as Bulgaria stood in for Russia a little bit. Yeah, it was tough. <laughs> um, I'm not going to lie. You know, and um, a, a lot of credit goes to our, our producer, Seth Edelstein, who um, coordinated most of that and and um, and our team in Bulgaria. It's always tough. I mean, it's tough to film in another country, period. But when you're filming in both places, um, you know, we tried to push everything kind of down towards the end and um, and it worked out well. I mean, it, it was kind of seamless and certainly works for Margot's journey, which I think for me is her storyline this season is one of the highlights. Um, and I love the authenticity that Bulgaria gave us in those scenes because obviously it would have been a lot easier to try to figure out where to shoot that in Los Angeles. But being able to go there and having that ability and and you know, being in place that had such a different feeling, I think, just adds this amazing color to the story. Yeah, her uh, her her story this season was, you know, from what I've seen, is kind of heartbreaking a little bit for oh, me. So amazing, yeah. Um, Ron, just real quickly, I just wanted to say that Jonathan Frakes is a huge fan of this show, 
And he is open to directing. And the reason I know that is that he told me that himself. Him and his wife, Jeannie, watch every season. They love it. That's great to hear. I, I, John, John told me that himself not too long ago. So I'm very, I'm very proud of that. <laughs> I really also liked the, um, the different countries and, and levels of, of the, uh, of the, of Happy Valley. Yeah. You know, the, even the underground kind of like the black market side of things. Uh, I added a lot of layers from the original, Hey, let's survive kind of thing. Yeah. I thought that was an in- interesting to sort of see that evolve and develop. And I think the, deve- you know, the, the evolution of the Martian uh, base and its society is, is one of the, one of the things I think really was, is, is, is a great aspect of this season. Well, thank you both. Uh, I love the season so far, and I thought Mars was a tough act to follow, but I'm I'm intrigued about this season. I really am. I think you've done a great job so far. Thank you. All thank right. you. Up next, Garrett Reisman, who is a NASA tech advisor on the show, Seth Reed, the production designer, and Esther Marquis, the costume designer. So, Seth, we'll start with you. Um, you had to expand Happy Valley to include a speakeasy and a Korean section. Talk about that to uh, to make it look like at least a lot of people live here. Of course, Tony. Um, Happy Valley is now more than 200 people and encompasses living quarters both above ground and below ground. And it also incorporates a number of very specialized structures like a commissary and Uh, medical bay, all kinds of things. So the underground areas we used, uh, some of the reference that we used would be, it looked like the inside of a battleship. In other words, we're deep underground. We see a lot of pipes. We see a lot of structure holding things together. And more than anything, it's protection against radiation. We know that the ideal place on Mars to be protected would be deep underground. So we're utilizing that as part of our design. We also have a huge amount of of above ground, which you see a lot of Happy Valley, probably right behind me right now, for example. And uh, in Happy Valley in general, where the shapes are never a square or a triangle or something, they're always a rounded or organic shape, which has to do with the pressure differential between outside, which is extremely, extremely thin atmosphere versus the inside, which is at essentially earth atmosphere. So you'll see very specifics in the design in terms of shape, as well as I'll just, I know I'm talking a really long time, but also just to say that we want to let light in and we want to feel Mars when we're on the surface, but at the same time, we need protection from the intense radiation. So we actually have a, we developed a theory utilizing water and utilizing polyethylene uh, structures to uh, be able to have limited size windows uh, to let light in and see the color of Mars. Esther, I got to ask you about designing the clothes for Ren Schmidt's Margo and what, what that was like. I thought that would totally fit the character. Oh, um, we were just talking about this, actually, Margot Madison. Um, 
Ren, of course, is a very intense actor, um, and she brings to the table this wonderful sort of dis distillation of her character. Um, we spend a lot of time uh, fitting in fittings and uh, looking at the pieces um, that we were wanting to use. Um, Ren, uh, of course, as you can see, her visual appearance has gone under some major changes. Uh, hair and makeup have done a wonderful job. Um, it was my, uh, my turn to sort of add a little extra component. And as you know, at the beginning, we see Ren in Russia. So um, there's there's an important uh, sort of shift of her clothing there. Um, we needed to sort of give her the sort of authentic sort of a Russian feel to her pieces, um, but also uh, pulling back a little bit and letting Ren, the actor, um, fill in all the other gaps. You know, I think it's very easy to sort of make some overstatements, um, and so. Uh, we were very careful about what uh, we were putting um, Margot Madison, the character, in um, for season four. Um, yeah, I think it. I think you know it. It works beautifully. More of my look at for all mankind season four in a moment. Garrett, how close are they with the science in this? Uh, well, you know, it's, it's interesting because now, even though it's 2003, uh, 20 years in the past, they've so far eclipsed anything we've actually done in space <laughs> that it's hard. It was much easier to, to point out individual errors or, or uh, talk about the uh, how accurate it was when we had uh, uh, Apollo capsules and space shuttles. But now it's, uh, it's harder to say that. But what we try now to do is stay within the laws of physics to the, the best we can uh, and still tell a very compelling story. But I think you, what we see in season four, especially with life on Mars and, and the type of ships that you see and the types of propulsion systems uh, and, and, you know, as Seth was talking about, the, the, the attention to detail about how do we do this but still protect them from the radiation environment. Uh, you know, I think these these elements are very believable. And, and I think that Happy Valley... And, and the Ranger spaceship that you'll see. Uh, these are all things that I think you can look at them and say, okay, yes, we haven't done that, but one day we will. And this is what I think it's going to look like. And I, and I think it, uh, time will tell, but I, I think uh, we're getting pretty close. Closing us off are Matt Wolpert, executive producer, one of the co-creators and showrunners, and Ben Nadivi, also an executive producer, co-creator, and showrunner. Ben. As far as the 2000s, go, you know, moving ahead from 96, uh, what were some of the challenges, even though it's not that long ago, in some ways it can be harder <laughs> than going back to the 60s? A lot harder, actually, as we learned. Yeah, because, you know, in season one, a lot of what we were talking about was programs that were being done or being discussed. And now we're dealing with ideas that, 
are not even done yet or they're in their early the early infancy of ideas it's a lot of theoretical stuff so we found ourselves going from like researchers telling us well this happened this didn't happen to our researchers actually arguing with each other and matt and i having to hold them apart um, and decide <laughs> which way to go um, so on one hand it's it's exciting because i think the show the promise of the show was always that it becomes more science fiction the further you go and i feel like with this season in particular we really feel like we took the biggest step yet into that into that world. Mars was a, was a big season, and I mean, it must have been challenging to to go beyond that. Was everything that's happening this season number four planned, or were there some new wrinkles that were thrown in based on what happened in three? Well, you're right. It was definitely uh, season three, getting to Mars was a really big season. And so one of the struggles was, well, how do we uh, top that? And I think what, we, what we've done by expanding the, the footprint of the Mars base and the types of people that get to um, go to space and be on that base, the laborers, uh, as opposed to the astronauts, people who haven't trained their whole lives to go to space, but are just looking to support their families that tension in the base is really what drives the season. And, you know, in terms of, of how much of this was pre-planned, it's, it's kind of a mixture of both, honestly. We had discussions in the very beginning of season one about an overall arc of the show, uh, which we've held a lot of that uh, remains, but um, you always want to leave that flexibility to explore and find new moments as you go through the season. Ben, what was it like to to create the arcs for these characters this season because you jump ahead and you see that some of them are okay, some are not so okay. Uh, what was it like? Uh, I mean, for me, the tragic one is definitely Margo. Yeah, I mean, poor Margo. Um, <laughs> we do love to torture our characters, it seems. And in that, at that case, literally. Um, but I think the... The, you know, the fun thing about the show is that because you jump in time, sometimes where you find the characters is a bit surprising in the beginning of the season. I think with Margot, that's something we've kind of known was coming for a while. We kind of built up to that idea that eventually we would go into the Soviet Union with her. Um, whereas with Ed, I think it evolved more naturally where him staying on Mars and never going back felt like a natural evolution of a character who in aging and and you know he's struggling with his mortality the idea of going back to earth in a way feels like a end of his of his life end of his career which in his case is probably both things so i think that the arcs are interesting this season because they're informed in a lot in a large part by the previous seasons and where these characters have been and i think that's what's so unique about the show is the opportunity that you've been with these characters for decades so a lot of the decisions you know, you've been there when they were younger, you've been there through their earlier trauma. It helps make the decisions of where they are now easier. Yeah, I mean, I was, I, I, after Mars, I was like, how can you follow that up? But what you guys have done has really been amazing this season. And I think really the, the special sauce is these characters. It's like, if you invest in them early, you want to see what happens. Very rarely you see characters literally grow old every season. It's really amazing. Yeah, no, I, I think Ben and I agree. It's the thing that we love writing about more than anything else is, is the ability to tell these long-form stories over decades of these people and, and having the audience be able to come along and have experienced a moment that happened in a character 30 years ago and then seeing how he's still struggling with those, those things. It's really a, a unique show. Well, thank, great to talk to you guys. I mean, I'm, 
I'm going to go back and binge on the rest because I, yeah, I haven't seen all of them. And so far, it's like I always want to see what's coming up. So congratulations. Another great season. If you haven't seen it, look for All Mankind on Apple TV+. What I love about the show is how they change real history and certain people that we might have lost are still around and then others might be president that we know didn't win the presidency in our lifetime. Some really good stuff. And you can actually catch up on all of my specials on For All Mankind going back to season one. And to do so, you can subscribe to Sci-Fi Talk Plus, which is free for a lifetime. It's also available on our regular feed as well. But Sci-Fi Talk Plus has no commercial interruption. This is Tony Tolado. Thanks for listening.